who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Some of you may think a podcast about representation, it's not for me. But if you're a human being, then the podcast Reppin is for you because we all represent something as people. So are you interested in knowing what you have in common with your favorite actors to best-selling authors and leaders in different genres? On Reppin, you'll meet notable people you think you know, You'll see what they show up for, and you'll see what they represent. It's an insightful, feel-good show, hosted by me, Evelyn. So come and take a listen. Reppin' is available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Joshua Darren. I'm a content creator with the Paranormal and Urban Legends, and this is Real or Creepy. This is Elizabeth Cheney, host of the In Between Podcast, here to play Real or Creepy. That's right, y'all. We're here for another episode of Real or Creepy, where we determine if these stories are a real haunting or a creepy pasta from the internet. So we're going to jump into our first story, and I'm not going to say the title of this one because it gives it away. I know this sounds dumb, and I've got a thousand more stories that are much easier to believe than this one, but this one has stuck with me the most. Okay, so this happened when I was 17. I lived on the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. My friend and I were at a bonfire party, and we were going home. I promise I wasn't drinking, but he was. I was his designated driver. He sat in the back seat, and I was driving. Now, the entirety of where we live is a super small and spread out town. To go back home from where we were, there are a lot of secluded roads we had to take. It isn't safe to drive at night because of the drug addicts and the animals that like to run across the road at night. And right before we got back home, there's a hill we have to go up. It's notorious for people abandoning their unwanted pets and not being super safe. I got to the very top of the hill and I saw something moving out the window to my right. And I looked over and saw what looked very similar to a garden gnome. He had a long beard, stranded gnome clothing, and a very blank look on his face. I was literally scared shitless, and I stopped <laughs> the car. He just stared at me the whole time, and I thought I was so tired I was seeing things. I tried waking my friend up in the back seat to stay awake with me, but he was so tired and drunk, it, it wouldn't have helped very much. The gnome just stared at me the whole time. I started driving and it scared the shit out of me when he started running beside the car at the exact same pace. Whenever I would speed up, he would match the pace. Whenever I would slow down, he would match the pace. I know you're asking why the hell would you slow down? And I don't know either. My friend woke up to throw up 
I guess. And he was going to roll down the window to get some fresh air. And he saw the gnome right beside the car. He freaked out. And so did I. I hit the gas and got down the hill as fast as I could. And the gnome went the same pace as us. Once we got into the bottom of the hill, it jumped into the bushes. I've been down that hill a thousand times before and after that experience. And I've never had something like that happen to me again. I don't know if it was an actual gnome or not, but that's what me and my friend call it. My grandma has lived there her whole life and knows weird things happened here. She swears up and down she has never seen a gnome before. Most people haven't. Okay, so I bet you didn't expect to hear a gnome story. <laughs> no. No, <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) (laughs) so Liz what do you think about this one this was a pretty unique story I felt like Uh, I'd love to get your take on it uh creepypasta not that I would call it creepy but I mean sure that is terrifying to think of a little gnome chasing you in your car like that concept terrifies me like sure but yeah no I I'm I want to know if there's I have a thousand more whatever you said stories that are more believable than this one so does that mean he's got more gnome interactions? Like, I have a lot of questions. I have some follow-ups, but I'm going to go with creepypasta. And and one more question before we move on to Joshua's response. Would you rather see a ghost outside your window chasing you in your car or a gnome outside chasing oh, you in your car? Oh, a ghost. A ghost. I, the idea of a little gnome seems terrifying to me. Like, oh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Like, no thanks. I don't know. I'm only down with gnomes if that means Fraggle Rock exists. Like, I feel like those two are, like, pretty close to each other. Uh, I'm just thinking so, of, like, evil little things. So maybe I just need to not be so biased that they're evil. You know what I th- mean? <laughs> yeah, you're thinking, like, gnomes from Harry Potter. Like, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're Which just, I- like, fast and ravenous, and they're just going to get me. You know what I mean? Which that part of the movie and the books kind of always freaked me out. I'm like, man, these gnomes get a bad rap. They're just like hitting them with lawnmowers and throwing them around. But anyway, this isn't Harry Potter talk. Joshua, what do you think about this one? Well, I can confidently say I think he was gone off the old school absent uh, because I don't <laughs> believe any of this story at all. I feel like this is a, this is a really good creepypasta. I don't know. I, I feel like it kind of falls into the similar tropes. You see something weird and all of a sudden it, for some reason, cares about you, a speck <laughs> of dust on the beach, you, a drop of water in the ocean. You know what I mean? And wants to just follow you down the hill. Like, I think it's a it's a fun way to to end it off by saying, yeah, my grandma's seen weird stuff, too. I've seen weird stuff, too. That doesn't mean I have gnomes chasing me down down a hill. I feel like kind of froggy today. I don't know why I'm so, so angry <laughs> at these stories, but um, <laughs> something about the gnome thing. I, <laughs> I, I imagine like a, a small pointy hat. Yes. Old with a beard. With big feet. Yeah. Like kind of half naked, kind of. It's kind of um, creepy. Like just, yeah. I just picture creepiness. And, but on the flip side, like I find it kind of funny to be honest, because just thinking about like some little foot, I mean, little legged, thing keeping up with the pace of a you know 60 mile an hour car uh kind of has a funny motion to it it feels like mythical right like something out of mythology Uh, yeah that's a good that's a good way to say it i agree yeah and and that's why i I pulled this one because joshua i know that you have so much knowledge about cryptids i thought it might be fun to to throw this one your way and and kind of gauge your response on it i i did have a thought and it kind of crossed my mind and but i don't know the way he described it 
it, it sounded like he was trying to like mix in some of like the fey folk mythology in this and like that's that's it's, i mean you start talking about that and people are like yeah fairies and that this kind of has that similar feel to it but i know that like this was kind of unprovoked which i know like fey folk are said to be kind of temperamental as well like or elementals or uh whatever you want to call them um and just kind of do what they want but this seems almost so unprovoked that i don't think it even fits in the character of that too so it feels like an amalgamation of a couple of different things placed into one story to to make it you know more believable because there's always somebody who's drunk and like not kind of uh able to verify it because they were drunk like how could a drunk person oh but right. they were drunk but they're aware you know people tell their tell their truth that was my first thought um kind of trope and then like oh my grandma has seen, has seen weird things you know she's seen a, a bunny made out of dust and called it a dust bunny and it just you know <laughs> and so it, it it plays with a lot of tropes and then the whole like if you see a cryptid on the side of the road it's going to chase you uh, kind of trope as well so it's like playing into a couple different elements um could be real you know it, there's always a, a chance but i would take the other thousand stories over this one <laughs> well i'm gonna choose to believe this one is real just because i want to live in a world where gnomes exist <laughs> i don't know if i do to be honest. <laughs> i don't they just i still have the creeps i do imagine, imagine taking your trash out and like seeing Fuck one that. of those bad boys like looking no. at you like through the through the fence yeah but if if we've got gnomes like we're so close to having wizards and witches like that that's just a heartbeat away i feel like so i i am gonna i'm just gonna i'm just gonna make that choice that barbie land is real and that gnomes can exist too you know uh so we'll move on to our next story here you've probably heard the name mary queen of scots and maybe you know the importance of her legacy to the british monarchy but how much do you know about her life and what she was really like for instance did you know that she preferred to have her eggs scrambled or that giving gifts was her love language in my podcast vulgar history we'll be talking about all that and more during an eight-part mini-series about the fascinating life of mary queen of scots Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy, complicated lives of women from the olden times. Particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were, and it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But I'm dedicated to sharing the sides of the stories we don't always hear, and each episode is supported by rigorous historical research. Turns out there's really something about Mary Queen of Scots. So be sure to turn into my series about Mary Queen of Scots and check out the other incredible women I've talked about while you're there. You can listen and subscribe to Vulgar History wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at vulgarhistory.com. Years ago, I had the following experience. My boyfriend and I at the time had watched a film and he said, I'll take it back to the rental place, which was down the road from my house. It was late afternoon and my parents were home. While he was returning the rental film, I was waiting in the porch and looking at the house across the road where a boy had lived who died in a car accident months before. The boy had been about 14 years old when he passed. I was looking into the house and thinking about him when I saw a figure appear slowly in the front window of the house. I could see a figure wearing a blue jacket jeans and could see a head but no facial features just a pink face then the figure began to vibrate side to side which was fairly frightening to see 
I was, of course, shocked and scared. I turned back into the house and my mom said, what's the matter? I told her I saw something strange and told my boyfriend also. I don't think they believed me, but I saw it for sure. I feel still to this day amazed and in awe of what I saw. I feel honored, honestly, to have witnessed it. I've only told five people this as I felt people would think I was strange. I was about 20 when this happened, and I'm now 48, and I still remember it as clear as day. All right, so Joshua, we'll start with you on this one. This feels like a story we could hear on Real Hauntings. You know, it's got a lot of the tropes or commonality we hear in a ghost story. For me, the only thing that kind of sticks out a little bit is a lot of times it's unusual to know the backstory to a haunting, but that doesn't necessarily um, take away any credibility. But um, yeah, I thought this one was really interesting, especially the vibration thing. What'd you think about this one? Um, I agree with you on that. I, it is kind of odd to know the backstory before you see a haunting, but it does happen on occasion. Uh, but the thing that sticks out to me the most, and it kind of goes into some of the UFO lore that I've been kind of catching up on, where people fall into two categories when I feel that it's more believable. They either don't feel inclined to tell people because they understand what comes with that, especially when they're older and have these experiences. Just kind of like that, the the reverence that they have as well. Kind of like, I didn't have to see this. I did see this. Now I'm leaving this experience with something more. So from there, I would say, I think that it's real and not even from like a story description standpoint, but just from the ending comments. It was also very, fairly short as well. It was straight to the point. I was here, blockbuster movie. He left. I was just staring at the porch. Like all ghost stories happen. I feel. I was just staring somewhere, you know, chilling, minding my own business. And then boom. But yeah, so I, I think I, I'm inclined to believe that this is more real than not real. And Liz, what do you think about the fact that this this person was actually thinking of this boy that had passed away in a car accident and then saw the child appear? Do you think that adds or takes away any credence to the story? I think it adds to it. I, I do think it's real. And I'm going to be honest, I can't give you an exact like, well, first off, let me say this, you know, I'm not as like knowledgeable of the paranormal world as you two are. So I can't explain why I'm convinced that it's real. But the second she said the car accident thing, I just felt this weird tingly feeling. And I was like, I bet that was it. I bet that's a little kid. Like when she said, that, like because she talked about how the kid had died before she mentioned like seeing him, I knew that was coming. I was like, she saw him. She saw him. And then when she said she couldn't see the face, I'm wondering if that's like damage, like maybe like how he was injured or something like that. Like maybe because like if she's a distance away and he was hurt, like maybe she can't see the injuries up very close. But that's why it looks a little deformed or not like a normal face. It gave me a little bit of the heebie-jeebies. But that's also because of my past experience with car accidents, you know. But mm, yeah, that's, that's true. I do. I felt very like that felt very real. The none appearing face and the vibration of it yeah. is something that would really scare me if I saw it in a movie, you know, oh, like for it, sure. It, uh, that, that's pretty, pretty horrifying. Yeah. I, I agree with both of you. This one feels yeah. like a, a real haunting and, uh, I hope everybody involved in that haunting, uh, well, I guess they won't be okay, so I'm gonna have to cut that. Well, I, ho out. Well, I hope, well, I hope the kid found peace. I hope the, I hope that energy found peace. Yeah, that it finds peace. And I, you know, then one last thing I do want to point out too is I, I just started thinking about kind of other tropes too. Um, the pink face is something that sticks out to me as well because that is a color that is common with uh, certain entities. I know one is the pink lady. 
at the Grove Park Inn in Asheville. Mm. Um, she's pink. People see her as a pink entity as well. Uh, and that's there's other entities that tend to be human-like or humans in nature uh, that kind of have that pink tinge to it. Mm. I don't really know why, but, you know, there's always like the blue lady or the red lady or the lady in black or the lady in white. But pink is also another one of those colors. Do all the pink ones look the same to you? I think me and Joshua both picked it up at the same time. We're both just like, we're like, what is he saying? And then we're both like, oh. <laughs> Very rarely am I caught speechless like that. <laughs> uh, what can I say? Um... I have missed you. <laughs> so liz uh well so yeah so that's that's another episode in the book i love doing these and it's great to get both of your takes on these stories liz yeah. where can our audience find your podcast you can find it on all podcast platforms the in between with elizabeth cheney and you can follow me on instagram at elizabeth cheney underscore and that's cheney c-h-e-n-e-y and then you can follow me on, uh, on tiktok at the in between podcast so i'm there for all your awkward adhd anxiety humor needs but also there to empower you and lift you up so balance people that that was the most list thing you've done on this podcast <laughs> i love that and joshua where can our audience find all your great social media content yeah tiktok i'm there facebook i'm there <laughs> instagram i'm there threads also there oh, for all threads. yes youtube not so much and you can find me at all of those places at joshua darren that's d-a-i-r-e-n not d-a-r-r-e-n um find me on tubi scariest places in the world featured on there pretty good um alabama vintage and buzzfeed unsolved go on those pages you'll see me there too constantly creating co content and forgot to plug this but uh the coffee shop in Oplica. Uh we're selling beans soon so uh make sure you uh go and uh follow that page too and see why i'm so tired all the time <laughs> <laughs> the irony of being tired and, and owning a coffee shop <laughs> um, well, that's it, y'all. That's another episode of Real or Creepy. What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. 
Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.